Good day, everyone. My name is Hans Go. My name is Jason Lau. And welcome back to After Hours. For our guest today, we are delighted to have Mr. Marin, who is an advocate and solicitor of the High Court of Malaya and solicitor and barrister of the Supreme Court of New South Wales. He is currently a specialist in the Faculty of Law at Multimedia University, MNU, Malaysia. With vast experience as both a legal practitioner and an academician, Mr. Marat is here to share perspectives from both sides. Before we begin, allow us to apologize for a distortion in our audio recording. We hope that you can still enjoy our content. Without further ado, let us jump into the podcast with our very first question. Mr. Marat, Many of the law students would choose to pursue their legal career as a lawyer, but they are unaware that becoming a lecturer is also a viable career option. May we know what are the benefits to become a lecturer? Okay, good evening everyone. Uh, it's a pleasure, uh, pleasure to meet all, all of you through this online. And I feel honored for giving me this opportunity. Okay. Every profession has their uh, benefits. And we say benefits. Everyone has to go through the legal uh, education, legal education. So whether it's a practitioner or academic, they have the basic qualification, which is LLB. Right? So um, as, a, as a lecturer, uh, what is the uh, advantage? Advantage could be they they if they have a passion, they enjoy eh? enjoy uh, students. For example, uh, they want to share interaction and uh, more research, doing research, and then a person who has a passion eh? on these uh, areas they can uh, become an academic. So to become an academic, one hands once if they are interested, then probably uh, there are many, many institutions, many institutions which are open, eh? open for uh, those interested to apply to become lecturer. Okay. So, uh, for example, uh, then we have assistant lecturer, eh? assistant lecturer, Someone who has just graduated, they do not have much experience in terms of uh, practice. Okay, they are just straight from the university, and uh, they want to go into a career where they eventually want to become a lecturer, academic. So they they actually can apply to become assistant uh, lecturer if that institution eh, which they are applying offers such. And then some institutions like uh, University of Malaya, UKM, for an example, okay, they have their uh, interview. So one will apply for an interview based on the advertisement, whether it's a lecturer or it's a professor or for a senior lecturer. So based on that, a person who has that uh, passion to teach generally uh, can opt to become an academic. In yes, Mr. Marin, during our classes, lecturer would tell us that we have to be a good lawyer after we have graduated. So what do you think 
as a practitioner and a lecturer, what do you think are the important traits of becoming a good lawyer? Good lawyer, okay, right. Okay. You see, lawyers is a profession. Eh? To be a lawyer is a profession. And they are one of the most respected professions in the world. You could see that it is a unique. Eh? Those lawyers have uh, many skills. Eh? It's a skilled profession. And uh, uh, those who want to practice law, okay, they must equip themselves with all these skills. Okay? Uh, uh, lawyerly skills. Okay. Um, so, uh, to become a good lawyer, a good lawyer, of course, when you are in uh, in your legal studies, you have studied an article written by uh, many scholars how to become a lawyer and a good lawyer. Okay. And uh, to become a good lawyer, one must have a good uh, passion, a passion towards law, one thing, the firstly. And they must read, they should not uh, shun away, they must read, must make it a habit, they must be able to devote themselves uh, with the books, law books, textbooks, and then um, try to answer a lot of questions. Okay, then Thirdly, they must have a good communication skills. Communication skills is very important. Um, it is important. Good English is important because most of the legal books are in English. So we need to improve our English. One must have a good command of English. Okay. And uh, they must also be um, able to reason out. Eh? When we even uh, reason out means they should be able to solve problems eh? uh, reasonably with all these, whatever you are studying in the university, eh? apply the application. So a good lawyer um, will have eh? uh, what we call it a uh, good uh, character, character-wise they must be very uh, honest, eh? you must be honest lawyer, you must be honest hardworking, and uh, must have all these skills which I have listed above Yeah. Okay, so moving on to the next question. As someone who is a lecturer and as a former lawyer as well, you have engaged uh, in and out of the classroom. So in your opinion, does being a former practitioner makes you a better teacher? Yeah. Uh... A practitioner uh, and academic to say rather than say better or not better, but it may give some sort of adage, adage because we have been in the uh, we know what uh, it gives me for me for example uh, when I teach for example a subject like practitioner professional practice okay uh, I could relate my experiences. Uh, really, uh, with the current and lively experiences which I have gone through, we generally when we teach students, we give cases. So I could relate that with my experience. What I have gone through, for example, uh, we are teaching, for example, for a subject about uh, defamation, okay, defamation, and then uh, so he, 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 of course. 
what we went through eh, the 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 on ground okay on ground experience helps me to share eh, and also impart the knowledge which i gained to the students to the benefit in benefits the students so uh, being a practitioner having seen uh, uh, how lawyers battle in in the courts what is and how they uh, deliver services to their clients okay all these have going through that so that actually helps me to uh, relate those experiences to my students especially uh, so of course uh, that uh, that gives me an extra mileage being a solicitor earlier helps me to deliver my lectures and tutorials effectively okay this is more something that really strikes me as all is that when you say that you uh, you were remind you'll be reminded of the cases that you have handled when you were teaching and you relate those cases back to your classroom so can you give us an example What are some of the unforgettable cases that you have encountered in your during your long years of practice? I'm sure well, many um, of them first will be interested to know, especially when no when it involves uh from another country, a different kind of perspectives. Yeah, um, examples of cases. You know, cases are always uh, clients, and these all are very confidential. We can't, but I will generalize. Okay, I will generalize. For example, uh, when we are doing property matters, let's say commercial litigations, okay, uh, commercial the transactions, the way the properties are being uh, handled in Malaysia is slightly different than how it's being done in uh, Australia. We have uh, any any property transactions must be done within forty two days in Australia, okay. Uh, it means that when a person a purchaser buys a property. Um, he signs a contract. Then that property must be delivered on the forty-second day to the new purchaser. So the duration of the transaction is so short. That is, in Malaysia, we have uh, it will take a few months to settle. So uh, one one unique uh, uh, thing which I notice is that uh, within that forty-two days to settle that. Uh, Within that forty-two days, one should uh, be on alert. The demands of the clients are always very high. We must uh, we must get the details correctly, uh, and then we the system works very must be very good. So there is something that uh, comparatively in Malaysia, we we have time uh, much more longer time. So I could see that uh, uh, the convincing part is slightly um, very different. That a lot of uh, rooms, lot of uh, opportunities, lot of uh, we, uh, things where we need to improve. Okay, when it comes to uh, litigation, litigation, like I said, in Australia we still have a fusion system. We have a barrister, QC. So um, we will have very complex matters. 
we'll refer to a QC or a barrister, we get an opinion, and then uh, we use them uh, to debate or to argue in the court. That is in Malaysia, we do not have a barrister or Queen Council, no longer. We have this is the barrister or Queen Council. So the solicitor, uh, he become advocate and solicitor. So the the the, the senior he is, okay, um, the number of cases he has handled, his experience is being reflected. Uh, through his uh, arguments in the court. So I could see that um, my experiences in uh, Australia, especially appearing in many courts, uh, the, the, the training which I got it from Malaysia helped me uh, very much. Likewise, uh, whatever uh, legal uh, experiences which I have shared get a chance to interact with the judges here and also many cases have been working together with the barristers so I could pass on that to uh, to students when I teach so these are some of the experiences huh? some of the materials which was very helpful for me to deliver to the students here Okay, so I remember that you often say in your classes that you 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 handle immigration cases back in Australia. So mm -hmm. it might strike because um I have friends who have asked me is that um is there any future practicing in immigration law or what kind of you know uh, what kind of work do I do when I'm practicing immigration law? So perhaps you would like to share with us um what kind of situation you deal with, you usually deal with when you are practicing uh, immigration law? Like what are the what types of conditions, what, what kind of problem people have that they come to you in regards to immigration law? Okay, right. Um, when you say immigration, um, well, uh, in Australia, we have, we have uh, immigration consultant, we call it a uh, migration consultant or immigration consultant they have different different terms generally uh, they will advise anyone uh, anyone uh, uh, who has some uh, citizenship problems for example uh, let's say uh, someone want to adopt a child from different countries for example so what are the problems they will face adoption okay adoption what are the requirements to be dealt, number one. Someone may have, uh, uh, someone would have studied here, let's say, for example, in Australia, they have completed the degree and then they want to stay in Australia. So they want to know what are the procedures, what are the, uh, how to become a, a citizen or get their permanent residency. So, besides that, let's say um, we also will deal as an uh, immigration lawyer. Let's say um, there are properties. There are properties being purchased by, for example, Malaysia. They are buying a property. In, uh, they may have their 
they have a relative in Australia, okay, and uh, they want to uh, pass on the property to a Malaysian. So what are the legal immigration matters to be dealt? So immigration lawyer will advise on that. Uh, when it comes to family matters, for example, a person got married, for example, uh, in in Australia, let's say they married, their marriage was registered in Australia, and they have migrated to Malaysia, and now they are seeking for a divorce. Okay, so whether the marriage in Australia, they have properties here, how their properties, whether the divorce. Granted, how the, what are the technicalities they have to go through in these two different countries? How the properties in Malaysia are run in, uh, in Australia are run in uh, different countries to be partnered with? So, these are the main areas that uh, generally the immigration lawyer handles um, in Australia. In Malaysia, uh, it is an area where uh, it has some good potential for Malaysia. Anyone want to go into uh, immigration, huh? want to study, uh, want to become an immigration lawyers, because we do have a large number of migrants in Malaysia. Uh, immigrants, we have, uh, we have migration workers there. Huh? We have foreign workers. So they face a lot of uh, problems. They, it's not only in terms of citizenship. They have uh, um, other problems like, let's say, um, whether they can uh, um, <coughs> the citizenship. Besides the citizenship, they, if uh, they have any uh, offenses, they have committed offenses when they are being deported to the uh, original country, what are the procedures, whether they have any rights, or if any foreign workers are being abused in the in any countries, what are their rights? So immigration lawyer will uh, advise and uh, facilitate uh, the client, his clients in such a way. So that is what generally immigration lawyers will do. Thank you, Mr. Marin. Just to add up to the previous question, you have been you have been dealing with several cases with regards to immigration law. So, have you come across with any illegal immigrants before? Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Illegal, yeah, illegal immigrants are those who are. When we say illegal immigrants, uh, they have uh, when they get their visa, they have certain conditions. They can stay only certain countries, for example, as a visitor visa, they have a visitor visa. So they they, they are only allowed to stay, for example, three months. So those who are coming, uh, some of them will never comply. They overstay. They overstay. It means they stay beyond their permitted time in a country, for example, in Malaysia or in Australia. So then they become illegal. Illegal. So, so when they become illegal, they may approach you as a lawyer. How to? Uh, they they may be deported. Okay. So they may approach you uh, to advise them 
to stay longer. And I remember cases here where Malaysians who come to Australia and work in the farms in the remote areas, and uh, they always stay. Eh? They 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 get the uh, working visa, but uh, they and then they stay much longer. So they have uh, they will contact uh, lawyers who are who could advise. So I have come across many Malaysian students, Malaysian workers who have. Uh, immigration problems they were uh, they were when they were found in breach of the uh, visa conditions then uh, they need a lawyer they need a legal advice so as a lawyer when you are being approached you will advise them accordingly understood mr laren so during this period of pandemic, we are all experiencing lockdown, movement control orders, and so forth. So does the practice of immigration law differs from the ordinary days? Everyone, every lawyer now works on uh, work from home, for work from uh, online. So as, as I mentioned before, now all these statutes, all these um, materials are available, even courts are uh, conducted online. Okay, so uh, only, only the uh, in terms we could see the the procedures remain same. So I believe all the immigration practitioners, all the practitioners, okay, uh, they, for example, certain countries still uh, conduct cases the online courts. So since the procedures are same, that only the Location could be different, couldn't be on site, but it would be an online um, court. So it depends uh, how the uh, system. So it's some sort of adoption. Adoption is being made by the uh, practitioners. Okay. Um, thank you for the you know, very interesting sharing. So uh, I would like to ask uh, one final question. One, one very final question is that um, I do have uh, friends who are interested to pursue the uh, the career as an immigration lawyer, seeing how um, immigration is a very big issue, you know, like migration, working visas, family, conflict of laws, things like that. So, um, Mr. Marit, do you have any advice or encouragement to the students or our listeners out there who would like to become uh, a practitioner in immigration law in the future? Um, uh, as I mentioned before, you must know the uh, law as well. Okay, so as an immigration lawyer, you know uh, <clears throat> what are the uh, issues, uh, issues the clients will uh, come up with, for example, Let's say a Malaysian want to adopt a child from different countries. Okay, so what are the laws? So they must know the law, adoption law huh, in their country and the country of origin where they want to take the child, for example. Or we have spouses, Malaysians who have married in overseas. They want to bring their spouse, huh, their wife or their new husband into Malaysia. 
what are the problems, so what are the technicalities involved. There are incidents where uh, Malaysians, many Malaysians do not have uh, um, IC, uh, or even birth certificate. So what are their problems? Let's say they want to visit overseas. They don't have any documents. Okay? But they have some relatives in China or in India, for example, or in uh, Burma, but they can't, don't have documents. So these are some of the problems, issues, uh, clients will face in, in what we call it uh, on the ground. On the ground, these are the main problems that one may face. Okay, so an immigration lawyer will uh, need to know all the laws related. Uh, uh, there's no any special qualification where one have to go, but of course they have to read the relevant law, uh, the uh, materials interview them. Eh? They must have the skill to interview them. They are to identify and then to narrow down and focus on the issues and uh, eventually resolve the matters. So, uh, to become a good immigration lawyer, of course, you must have a good understanding. You must be very compassionate. You must have empathy. Empathy means you must understand them, caring, because they are very distressful. Those who are having immigration problems, they are, they may have uh, uh, difficulties in communicating themselves well. They couldn't express themselves. They are far away from their families, so they have uh, very distressed clients. You may have a distressed client, so you must approach them empathetically. Huh? You must be very caringly, sympathetically, the same time very professionally and most of them are uh, they do not have much money to pay so you may correctly guide them where they can whether they are entitled for legal age so so all these are the things that a lawyer should look into a law student who want to become a, uh, a law uh, an immigration lawyer advice on immigration matters because they may have uh, qualities, they must be a lawyer first of all. Then they must be able to have these additional uh, qualities and uh, experiences to become a good immigration lawyer. That's it. Yeah. Thank you very much, Mr. Moran, for the insightful sharing. Unfortunately, due to the time constraint, we will not be able to ask more questions even though we love to. I am sure this is very fruitful for our listeners out there and we are very grateful to have you with us today. Once again, we would like to express our thanks to Mr. Moran and thank you listeners for tuning in. It's my pleasure.